This is a call from an inmate at the Indiana State Prison. My name is Phil Chalmers, and I'm a serial killer profiler. How many murders are you responsible for? 36. 47 and 52. I found your sister's killer. I want to see him face to face. Listen to Where the Bodies Are Buried, a true crime podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is John Paul Kermy. I am a breathwork teacher. I'm really excited to be doing this new podcast with my good friend Feldy called Hang Up. That's right. I'm John Feldman. I'm in a band called Goldfinger. John Paul taught me breathwork. It changed my life. We're talking about solutions to problems today. Listen to Hang Ups on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lips LA. Hey guys, what's up? It's Scott Lips, and you are listening to Lip Service today. Today in the studio, we have Canadian singer, songwriter, and producer, an all around great guy, Goody Grace. Goody, what's up, my man? I'm chilling, man. How are you? I'm good, bro. We just, uh, truth is, we just connected about a week ago. It was awesome, and uh, I was so impressed with everything you have going on. So I wanted to introduce for all the listeners that don't know Goody, an amazing emerging artist on tour with Charlotte Lawrence coming up. Yeah, Um, November. Music coming up. You've done, like, so many great things. I think we'll talk about the fact that you are a producer and singer-songwriter, and you work with everyone under the sun from g Easy to my buddy Jesse Rutherford, which I didn't know when we hung out the other day. Oh, I've really? known Jesse for years. Great dude. Yeah. Uh, Nash. Who am I forgetting? I know there's other people you work with. I can't remember all of them. Yeah, man. Uh, Travis Barker, MGK. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. I, 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 think it's, <laughs> so. I think your story is actually particularly really interesting when you're talking about the newer generation of artists, Goody, and like how you sort of you know, make it these days from being, obviously we have a lot of heritage artists on here too. And I think the new generation and, and what you have going on is super interesting from your writing process to your producing process to how you met people like Jeezy to, I even know that like Blink-182 was one of your mm-hmm. favorite bands growing up. Yeah. So it's got to be pretty incredible. You told me the other day, you just did, you actually were brought out on a, on a song yeah, for them. Yeah. So your entire path and your journey to me is super interesting how you started. You grew up in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. In a province called Manitoba. Like a super small town? Yeah, it's called Selkirk. Uh, it's like right in the middle of Canada. What's the um, population there in Canada? I think Selkirk probably just hit like 9,000. Um, That's like someone's high school or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like 9,000 yeah. people, wow. But the the nearest big city is called Winnipeg. All right, um, sure, sure. That's like half hour south from my hometown. But um, Who's the biggest artist out of Winnipeg? Um, hey, there's obviously a ton of Canadian artists, Drake, Bieber, whoever. Yeah. But, but in terms of Winnipeg, have they had Winnipeg? Any? Actually, Neil Young's from Winnipeg. Oh, he is. Okay, well, that's a yeah. Huge but artist. a lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't even know Neil Young was Canadian. I don't think he really claims it like <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I don't really know. I feel, I feel bad. Like, not shouting out some Winnipeg <laughs> artists, but. Well, for the record, not we, many, yeah. you and I spoke about Canadians are definitely the nicest people. I don't know if they just get that. <laughs> your uh, your buddies here. So, would you attest to that fact too? Completely. Completely yeah, <laughs> Canadians are really just super nice people. So, take me back a little bit to the beginning. I know you grew up in a super small town, mm-hmm. nine thousand people. Yeah. Obviously, clearly not a ton of musicians from there. No. And I think from like a young age, you started playing guitar at like four. 
and you were like driven. It's it's crazy to me how kids are so driven at such a young age now and can literally pick out a career goal at like yeah. eight years old, right? Yeah. So did that kind of, I mean, I it, without sort of, obviously when you're eight, you're not really comprehending that this is a career for you, but did you sort of know pretty early on, like how early did it come to you that music was sort of your path in life? Yeah, it, it was like, I didn't even really think about it. It just kind of chose me. Um, it was like all I dedicated my time to from like when I was five onwards through, through um, you know, all elementary. I was just learning guitar and like learning songs and um, just trying to learn. I was just, it was the only thing I was interested in at all, like um, researching music and, you know, playing guitar and because you grew up around, I, I actually read somewhere that you grew yeah. up around country music a lot, right? Yeah, like yeah, the old heavy. school, Hank Williams. And, yeah, I grew and up with this guy, Johnny Cash. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom and my grandma, you know, raised me. We all lived together. And uh, they just listened to like fresh out. Like when I was born, it was like a lot of Elvis who I've tatted on my arm. Um, Elvis, like Marty Skinny Robbins. Elvis or the, the heavy set Elvis? <laughs> I got Which the skinny you got Elvis. There? All right. But, uh, maybe I'll get fat Elvis on my <laughs> yeah, own. That could be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Marty Robbins and um, Johnny Cash, and you know, uh, all like old country music. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, but then I had an older brother and a, an uncle as well that like taught me like put me on all the cool like rock music and you know. So I, I was just like since a little kid so like eclectic in what I listened to and I just loved I didn't like discriminate any type of music I loved it all and I wanted to learn everything about it so like if I had like you know I was really into like my chemical romance um and the Smiths right and the cure and stuff yeah like yeah sort so, of like dark pop I would yeah say. very dark <laughs> but I would go back so like I was obsessed with my chemical romance they put out the black parade I'm like looking up YouTube videos like learning everything I can about that album and then I'll hear in an interview, Gerard Way, the singer, would be like, yeah, and I would listen to Morrissey and The Cure and stuff. So I'd be like, oh, well, how can I get into that? So I'd look that up. And the next thing I'm in, like, a Smith's rabbit hole, learning all their stuff. And then Morrissey's like, I was inspired by Oscar Wilde. So then I go back, now I'm reading, like, Oscar Wilde books. So, like, That's I was just obsessed with, like, getting to the source, you know? Yeah. Um, because the Smiths and The Cure and all those guys, they took from, I mean, I know the Misfits were also, yeah. we were ta- actually, it's funny, the other night, day at rehearsal, we were playing the Misfits bass players bass. I saw I that. I feel like you commented I on that. I to it, yeah, because yeah, I got the tat right here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that logo know. is, like, forever timeless, and we were talking so about, good. they're playing, like, the Forum now. Do mm-hmm. you know that? And we were talking about that. I that, missed it, yeah. Yeah, the logo becomes so synonymous with, like, a generation. They mm-hmm. don't even know what the music is sometimes, but the logo became almost as important as the music it's crazy. i got into the misfits like super crazy because i was really into like slipknot and like insane wow. clown posse and yeah. like all these things of like the horror element and you know so when i found the misfits i was like damn this is like a scary movie like through punk music but yeah. it sounds like the like 50s you know so yeah yeah um I was super intrigued by that. Um, I never really understood in saying clown posse. Mind, like, explain <laughs> it's to me it's what, it's the, what was the attraction. Man, it's album. like, I'm super into concept albums. Okay. And I just like when there's a really dedicated theme. So, like, all their albums are, like, continued. It's about, like, a traveling carnival. It's a, okay. it's a whole rabbit hole. You yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely spent <laughs> a few minutes looking at it, but I just didn't quite. It's cool. Understand. And they're, like, I'm pretty sure they're fully independent. Like, they've got this whole cult following going definitely. on and hey man respect because they built something definitely cool right with what they got going on but so the, the <laughs> love for like the dark pop stuff kind of came from 
all those references, right? Yeah. And then you and kind of because there's also a visual element to it that you took to right from the mm-hmm. art, the artist stuff to the comic books, yeah, to yeah. sort of the whole vibe of everything. And in a way, because people can't see what you look like sitting here, but you've applied that to your own spin on things, which I yeah. describe your music as like one part pop, one part dark pop, a little R and B, hip hop. It's like a blender of all these yeah. great musical Thank styles. You, yeah. So in a way. You kind of took all that and you also applied that dark pop kind of like yeah. aesthetic to what you're doing, right? Because there's not a lot of guys doing what you're doing, I don't think. Because your, your stuff is a bit more poppy than like, it's not like super heavy aggressive right. alternative, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would fully agree, yeah. Yeah, so. And I think that's just, um, you know, a, a buildup of all my influences. And, and at the same time, you know, everything... I still like pop music and I still like love Ed Sheeran as much as I love like the Smiths. So like, um, or like Drake or something. So I just think it's been this weird buildup of everything I've listened to and, and like, and like studied that is what has made me, you know, how important was the visual aspect to you when you started building? I mean, you were still young, right? So you, so I guess just chronologically, you're eight, you're 10, you're 12, you got country influences, you got these dark pop influences sneaking in around, I guess your teenage years, right? The My Chem years, I guess. You yeah, I mean that the My Chem and Blink and stuff was super young. Like, I um, my mom just sent me a, like notes of me writing in a book from when I was six years old, I think, and I was writing down like the, the guitar tabs of of Blink songs. I mean, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, who does that? It's six. <laughs> and one of them was Adam's song, which I just performed with them at the forum. Amazing. Um, yeah, it was super. Crazy. When when life sort of you know intersects with you know, your youth and everything, and then all of a sudden you're on stage with your favorite band when you were a kid, and you're like, how the fuck did I end up here? It's That's got to be a crazy feeling. Oh, we're allowed to swear? Yeah, I mean, Sweet. it's, uh, you know, it's on it. Apple Music, so as long well, we just put the explicit sticker on it, so Sweet. it's all good. You know? I don't swear that Not a real swear. sticker, but the uh, explicit sort of uh, wording. But yeah, but yeah so, <laughs> so, and what, so I guess at that point, you're kind of like, hey, man, I love this artwork. I love what this thing stands mm-hmm. for. I kind of think at 15, I might want to do this, like, full-time. It wasn't eight, right? It wasn't no, that age. No, but it was definitely, like... A natural progression, I guess. Yeah. My mom got me a MacBook for my ninth birthday, and I made, like, a full album um, when I was nine. I mean, how? I don't even understand. <laughs> I can talk about I was just uh, Yeah, no, it's, it was wild, and maybe I'll, like, put it out one day because I just found the MP3 files. Yeah. Because um, I, like, burned it on a CD from my grandma, and it was, like, the one CD that existed and I was like I have to you know burn this back to my computer so I could like salvage these mp3 files how is it by the way I mean it still kind of stands up like is we were good? just listening to the other yeah it's like it's it's a quality production is it um Does I, it sound, did you listen to it yeah, yeah. I mean I, I have like his nine-year-old goodies voice but <laughs> right. um the beats and stuff I mean I was just going on YouTube and like there's like some Nirvana covers some Frank Sinatra covers oh. it's all covers was there like a mashup Nirvana and no nah. Uh, nah, but <laughs> it's like a nine-song project. Like I, I don't even remember doing it at nine years old. Yeah. Crazy. So, but so that would have been the start of the producing, and it was just really because there's no studios or anything in Manitoba, really. So, I just had to learn to do it myself if I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, what do you do growing up besides you're into artwork, comic books, movies, TV? Yeah. Is there anything to do in Manitoba growing up besides? Nah, that? and it's cold as shit outside. Cold as shit. So like. What are you going to do, you know? What do you do? You either, like, get into trouble or, or just, like, find some hobbies or, or play hockey. Yeah. Which I'm not, like, the most athletic person. So, uh, yeah, I'd be reading comic books. And I was just, like, a nerd. But but it was funny because I was a nerd. But I also was, like, out and, like, always with friends. So 
I just didn't care. Like, I feel like when I should have been studying school, I was like studying, you know, music and, and, and visuals all this. too, I guess, right? Yeah. It's funny because I've never really thought of myself as a visual person, but everything I like has like a strong visual sense. Definitely. So, no, and I heard you talking about Twin Peaks and the color yeah. of water and your tat. You just shape got a new water. tattoo, right? Shape yeah, water. Yeah, I have sorry. a shape water tat. I have a Twin Peaks tat Toro, as well. Yeah. yeah. So, Twin Peaks, like, I love Twin Peaks. I was obsessed with that from. I'm like a little kid, like I just thought it was so cool. But you can tell even from the aesthetic of your videos because they're like moody, some of them, and black and white, and a little dark, but not too the, dark, yeah, right? Yeah, the two shots videos, like a direct reference to Twin Peaks. Yeah, so obviously, and eyes wide shut. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Like how you're you're growing up and your TV references like <laughs> lead into your musical life now, right? Yeah. What else were you listening to? Man, well, it was this really funny thing of I was obsessed with Blink, obsessed with My Chemical Romance, um, like brand new, all that emo stuff. And then it, there was, like, this weird shift where I got really into Bob Dylan, like, insanely. Like, that's how I learned to, like, finger-pick guitar. I would just sit there and, like, learn it. But at the exact same time, I got really obsessed with 3-6 Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm learning, like, how to play guitar like Bob Dylan, but I'm, like, trying to recreate, like, you know, the beat to, like, slob on my knob and shit to, like, right. learn to produce like that because I just really thought that was, like, the coolest beats in the world. So um, you were veering more towards being a producer at a young age, it sounded like, than actually yeah. a performer. And at some point yeah. you kind of... Well, you I would, would always play like random like talent shows. Like I like once won like $100 because I went and played like an AFI cover at a talent show. Like I would do random stuff, but I was super shy. Like I didn't really think I would be like a performer. Yeah. But then when I was like 12, I started recording like raps over like like three six beats and like Jay Dilla beats and stuff in Garage Band, and that would be the first music where I was probably like, "This is what I want to do." But while I was recording like rap music, I was recording like Bob Dylan covers and like Jack Johnson covers too, just to like learn how to do it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Do you think because obviously I grew up playing in bands my whole life and we didn't have Garage Band, and then I got to experiment it with a little bit growing up, and mm -hmm. I by no means am a producer or a songwriter. I'm uh, incredibly novice at both. But I just think, like, having that technology at your fingertips, and especially when you're growing up, yeah. do you think that's sort of a lack of why there's not more bands these days? Because you have all the technology right. at your fingertip to be a one-man band, right? And come out with, you know, because yeah. back in the day, you used to have to literally, like, do everything. You'd have to get in a room and just knock it out with guys, and it was either gelling or it wasn't. You'd have to find different band members. Yeah, and swap it out. And yeah, so now, do you feel like that has something, even the way your career was shaped, because I even love this story, and, and we're going to get into it, but you literally sort of moved out here and got signed via Twitter, yeah. right, through Cisco Adler, which yeah. I think is a great story. So, <laughs> uh, tell me that story and how that happened, because up until that point, you were just messing around, you are playing talent shows, mm -hmm. and I don't know at what age that happened, but again, that's just another way where technology found its way into your career, right? Yeah. I mean, I was like, me and my friends would like rap and record raps and I would like burn them on CDs and we would like play them at like high school parties. So it was like kind of a known thing that I was trying to do music because, you know, I would like just start like rapping at parties and stuff. And like I was rap like, but still like singing, like it was kind of what, you know, ended up happening with music because I just really was like kind of early to being like I like all these so I'm gonna try to do all of them you know but also there's not a lot of rappers I'm assuming in Manitoba right there's, no. you're like the only one that was there N too no I mean what's funny ones? for the for the Winnipeg scene is probably mostly rap is I it? would say yeah there's but, some really cool artists out of Winnipeg but your town in particular in. is only 9,000 people so yeah, I, there's there was not like anyone. a plethora of rappers <laughs> <No>. there <laughs> no, definitely... but, so it was kind of like known that I was like trying to do music and I was in a band on the side but I just played bass in the band 
I didn't even sing or nothing. Yeah, what was the name of that band? We didn't even like really have a name, but we just played like a like talent show at school. We we covered like all the small things and like cool. a couple of Misfits covers, Blink covers. Um, but then I started really like focusing on music, and I would put up some stuff on YouTube and like, put, you know, just I was just like trying to do whatever. And then that's when me and Cisco got connected through Twitter. Cool. And um, and would, had you been a fan of his music before? Yeah, I, I really cool. liked like all the Swayze stuff. And yeah, I liked that and, record. That was some good record. Yeah, record. man. And and um, he was on tour with this guy named Mod Son, who was yeah. uh, who, Bella Thorne's ex now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mod was uh, he was super early on to me too, and like they just all kind of followed me on Twitter and was just like seeing what I was doing. I'd like put up videos of like beats I was making and just, you know. So, so they, but was it sort of YouTube that kind of led to your discovery then or Twitter? Mostly like Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like, I wasn't like a, you know, like a Justin Bieber, like YouTube found situation. But right. um, but you were still putting videos up there. Yeah. The videos weren't just on Twitter at that no, point. No, yeah, I was just, yeah, everything covers and, and um, yeah, and then Cisco, I, I started sending him just like ideas I was making and, uh, you know, he was like, come out to L.A., like, and um, offered me to stay at his place and shit. And I was, uh, it was like a couple years of, like, I was still in school, and then I started high school. But I officially, like, just stopped going to school, like, beginning of 11th grade. Did you just hate school? I never I really loved school. I hated it, man. Yeah. I was just, like, I was always stoned, and, like, I was just trying to get out of my hometown, man. I was just, like, so ready to leave. Like, it, once, like, the snow falls and you're like, damn, it's about to be winter for the next nine months, like, you know, it can like kill motivation, okay. and I was just like not gonna let it kill me. You so know? you were like, get, "Let me get the hell out of Manitoba and yeah. get to L.A. pretty soon." Yeah. So literally, and it's funny because I love where I'm from, man. Now it's just like I love going back. But at that like 16 year old me, I was just like, I gotta do something. Hey guys, it's me. I want to talk to you about a product that I fully endorse and love, and one of our sponsors. Nothing new, and basically, who said eco-friendly needs to look eco-friendly? Nothing new or amazing sneakers. It's sustainability with style. Some of my favorite sneakers all around. They've just done a collaboration with Thursday's Boots, the actual people behind Nothing New. And Thursday's Boots are also my favorite boots. And these sneakers just rock. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, they're awesome. They're made from recycled plastics. They're incredible. Um, they only come in about, I don't know, let's say six to eight colors. They're incredible. Check out Thursday's Boots, too. I love Nothing New. Go to nothingnew.com and check out the sneakers that are eco-friendly and sustainable and my favorite sneakers to date, Nothing New. Well, you know, when you're passionate about music and you have no way out of a place and and that's like your only goal is to get out of there because you feel like you're limited. I mean, that's really, that's like a drive and motivation. So in a way, it's probably great because it might not have led to... And it was cool because I was watching like a lot of people, like I was super inspired by Mac Miller and how he came up because I was like damn like that's me like I just you know the way he was with his friends and putting up these videos so I was super inspired and I was just like I'm trying to do that too um so I came out here when I was supposed to yeah I guess it was like 11th grade you were at that age you were 16 yeah 16 probably just about turned 17 I just turned 22 in June so and you had not really produced anything it was more on the performer tip right the singer songwriter tip versus like being a producer I'd no I I mean I'd been producing everything so I had probably like a hundred songs just that never even came out that I would like just send to people and like you know that's obviously what like Cisco was hearing and um yeah I mean I was trying to produce so I was I was definitely learning behind the scenes like I feel like by the time I finally made something I wanted to show the world. 
it was like I'd been producing and doing this for years, so I was like seasoned in already. You had like you five know? platinum albums at sixteen or <laughs> that something. That no one ever heard, yeah. <laughs> right? um, yeah. That's funny. So at and at a certain point you end up meeting like a lot of this crew along the way. You ended up meeting G Easy, you ended up meeting yeah. Jesse Rutherford. So take me to the process of you starting to work with Cisco mm-hmm. to kind of leading up to where we are today and how that all worked out for you. And yeah, and how man, it, it was super just like it was so random and good things just kept happening. I've been I've had a super lucky few years. I was staying on Cisco's couch. It was the first like my first flight ever pretty much was coming down here. I was living on the couch of Cisco's studio. Um he used to have his like He lives in Malibu, right? Yeah. I know his wife. Oh for real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barb. Barb, she's cool. She's sweet. Yeah. Um so he was friends with Nash used to be his intern before oh, Nash wow. was making music. I didn't know that. So I just wanted to like go shopping because I didn't have a car and I was just out here. You like Supreme and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Supreme. Yeah. And um uh yeah man, Nash took me shopping and then we just became super close and started making music together. And um, you know, I would go back to Canada. I didn't have like a visa yet, so I was on some back and forth situation. So when I would go back, we'd be like producing um over like the internet and just you know kept in touch so through nash's you know i got back here nash started doing super well hate you love you started going crazy um and then i was just kind of on every tour with him because he was just like you want to come on the road so i would play guitar with him and his set and then i would open and um we did that for like two full years is that how you got your deal because you're on atlantic records we should talk about yeah, that yeah. right and not it that was this was way before i started to cut you off it was like oh, yeah. we were touring and that's how I met, you know, Jesse um, through... Uh, Jesse, my, Jesse Rutherford? Yeah, Jesse Rutherford. From the sorry. neighborhood? Yeah, from the neighborhood, yeah. who's now, you know, a really good friend of mine. We we work a lot. Um, we were just touring, and, and then, you know, it was kind of like I was still making music. I was homeless. Like, I'd come back to L.A., stay with friends, do whatever, but then I'd go on the tour with Nash. And we, we were just, we went around the world, man. We were, like, in, in Europe and everywhere. It was so much fun. I'm so thankful for those days. I was just thinking about it yesterday like we had so much fun because we didn't really know what where anyone would like end up doing but and sometimes we were just like the, in the moment sometimes it's not even really about the money early on right it's just about like getting the experience and yeah man out it's, there. it's never been about the money like i probably i probably had like 80 bucks in my account but i have like per diem to get food and like i didn't i didn't care you I, know I, I was i've just, been there so i know the feeling definitely. yeah and i feel like i feel like right before um good things happen bad things have to happen definitely, so definitely that that's definitely was the course and and then somewhere along the lines like i was still putting out music and i i'd put out um a song called memories that i ended up making a remix with jesse rutherford and uh asap ant from the asap mob and that was like my real first song i feel like that was getting some shine um after you know um it was after two shots so so, so somewhere along the lines of, of me and nash on tour we made two shots in a hotel room in Dallas. And two shots we should talk about. It has some. Uh, last I checked, I don't know if it was like forty three million. Yeah, I think it's plays now. on yeah. Spotify. Yeah. That's got to feel good. I mean, you know, again, like coming from being homeless, yeah, being man. a kid who starts playing guitar at four. <laughs> there's no way to not look at that accomplishment, Goody, and be like forty three million people, man. No matter whatever happens in life, like <laughs> I I've definitely that. accomplished something pretty massive, right? Yeah. It's crazy, and and the numbers are crazy, and and it's crazy that you can connect with that many people. I mean, you've done 
done a handful of tours, right? But you haven't been touring for 10 years. There's artists that have been touring for literally 20 years that will never achieve those kind of plays. So how did that song go viral? How'd you make it? You guys wrote it, but obviously it had to get out there and all of a sudden kind of explode. And that was sort of your biggest break, I would assume. Yeah, definitely. And that took a long time. Like people weren't really listening to it off the bat too crazy. Um, but, But we were touring and we were pushing and and I was opening for Nash, and and then all of a sudden it was like, it took like six months probably to hit its first million, and then, you know, and because was there a video for it or it just sort of no, nah, this was even pre-video. It was just super random. It started getting like you know two million streams a month, three million. Like it was just started climbing, and I was wow. I was, I, had, I didn't really know what was happening. What but, do you attribute to that to? Just this you know the the subject matter, or I mean, what 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 was it? Because yeah, songs don't go viral. without something behind them or just it's a great song right but but there's there's other great songs that don't see the light of day like that so what do you there's got to be a reason why you would think that that would i really don't know it was such a weird anomaly because it was long after the song came out you know it just started to pick up pace and uh, i guess some things you can't explain right they just sort of happen. yeah and i I continued to put out music so it was kind of the thing i feel like every song i put out was just pushing back to like the traffic of two shots and um yeah, I was putting out, you know, music very often, just uh, different styles. Like, I put out, I was really just trying to push the, like, genre list thing. Like, I, you know, my music touches in a lot of things, and I really don't think there is a set genre that I could even decide on myself because I have some songs that are just me and an acoustic guitar, and then I have some songs that are, you know, 808s and maybe, like, a, like, 3-6 Mafia-type drum pad and, like, something like that. So I feel like at the time, as, as Two Shots was building... I was putting out, every song I put out was like different. So I put out an acoustic song and then a more hip hoppy song. And I was just trying to set the tone of what I was about to do, you know? Because even the stuff with Jesse yeah. is a bit more like poppy, right? It's almost yeah. like, it's not as like, I wouldn't say it has like an RB feel as much as it does like a kind of synth, like you said, like an 808 alternative pop feel, yeah. right? Well, me and Jesse's. It's, I think it's like my second biggest song. Yeah, Too have, High, right? Yeah, Too High. That's yeah. like a like 50s song. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's yeah, of like, course. Yeah, super like wearing 14 suits. Million, and, 14 million on that one in terms yeah. of plays, yeah. Damn, really? I didn't yeah, even know that. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. And and that was cool because I just got off tour with Jesse in, in April or in May. We did a, a really fun tour. Um, it was his first uh, solo headline tour outside of the band. And that was cool because we would do Too High in his set and whatnot. And uh but no, going back to um, Two Shots, it was like 2017, I was still homeless. I just got off tour with um, a band called Laney. Sure. Yeah, and then I got booked for like a bunch of cool festivals. Um, I did Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo and Firefly. And was I had, this with a band or just you and your guitar? It was just me and my guitar. Yeah, because it would be too yeah. costly to try and do all that stuff. Yeah, right? man, so, it was just me and my guitar. And were you going like with a car to festival or flying or how? Oh, we were flying, yeah, just me flying. and my manager. Okay. My now manager, he wasn't even managing me at the time. He was just like my best friend. And we uh, we were going to the festivals and then I had my first ever headline show at the Roxy. Um, awesome. And I was living on, on his floor, my manager, and like... I had this band open called Lovely the Band, who are now like massive sure. and so proud of them, man. And this was only two years ago. We should point that out, yeah. right? I mean, you're basically saying <laughs> you were homeless two years ago, so it's I crazy was. to see how things. You got to be proud of yourself to see <laughs> yeah. where things are going, right? And, yeah, and, man. Uh, and it's always a great inspirational success story when you hear, you know, because listen, it's not even. It's it's more about like where is it heading? It's heading in, in an amazing direction for you. 
you know, obviously you never thought that you would be producing, I would assume, g Easy records and working with Blink-182 and all these acts, right? Yeah, man. So that's got to be like a dream come true for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and I was a huge fan of G-Even, you know, growing up um, when all his mixtapes were coming out and whatnot. But yeah, How did you guys meet? Uh, we met through a mutual friend named Jesse Yak, uh, who just like like my guardian angel and always like introduced me to people and stuff. And I had this song that was just on SoundCloud called Girls in the Suburbs Singing Smith Songs. Um, a lot of people don't know that. It's a great title, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so it was actually a flip on Travis Scott's album title at the time, oh, Birds, okay. Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight. All right. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, now uh, you know, we work with Black Bear. Now he's got that song, Bad Girls of Summer, or like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, summer, yeah. You know, because it was Hot Girl Summer and... Yeah. yeah, so it's funny. A lot of, yeah, a lot of girls in summer and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But um, I had just put that song out on SoundCloud because I used to just put out music on SoundCloud. And it was just like G's favorite song. So he would always DM me and be like, bro, I'm still listening to this song. Like, I love it. Like, um, So when me and him started hanging, we made what was like a remix to the song. Um, but that became the official version that's out everywhere. Oh. Uh, I put that out last August. That was our first collaboration. Um when people start hanging out together, they kind of like resemble each other. So I told you when I met you the other day, you guys remind me of each other a little bit. Right? Yeah. It's definitely a similar intonation. <laughs> Even the way that you say, I mean, it's not obviously you're, you have very much your own styles, but you can see why you guys bond yeah. and like the connection. Because now you're, you said, I think you're producing or helping. Yeah, we work a lot, record, man. Right? He, yeah, he's like, we work we work on his stuff a lot. He's going to be on, on my album and we're just... Me and him work so much that, like, there'll be a, a lot, a lot of stuff coming from, you know, the both of us together soon. That's awesome. And you have the Charlotte Lawrence tour you're doing now, yeah, right? And I was, you just released a new song, right? Let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. Man, yeah, man. I, I just put out uh, a song called Wasting Time. Awesome. I think I think it'll be on my album, my debut album. Um, so that might be, you know, the first drop off it. And uh, the imagery is great of the video, black and white, almost like lo-fi, very, very yeah. cool aesthetic like we spoke about, right? So you're signed to Atlantic. How yep. did that come about? Oh yeah, so so back when I had my first headline show at the Roxy that I was saying, um, I woke up like I was still just living on my manager's floor. He was like, "Man, you sold out the Roxy, like let's go." So I had I played that show, and then um, the next day I went for lunch with Rick Rubin because uh, he had some people come to the show to check me out. Did he come himself? I think yeah. Maybe but it was Isaac, who I, we know. Isaac, Shout out to Isaac. Isaac's bro, my up? boy, man. I was yeah, just texting just, Isaac. Just emailed me a second ago too. Tell oh, me for real? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac very well. Damn, I just I was just with him Friday. Yeah. Um, um yeah, he he came. I I think Rick came. I don't even know, man, but all I know is I got a lunch set up like the next day. I went for lunch with Rick. We talked for like 4 hours. And for those of you who are living under a rock, Rick Rubin <laughs> is the quintessential and probably the most amazing record producer maybe ever or definitely one of them. Um, I'd say so. I've had the pleasure of having dinner with him before with it's my buddies in the Chili Peppers. He pulls on his beard and he's like a <laughs> super yogi. Actually, Isaac has this TV show that's out with him now yeah, on Showtime. Shangri-La. Shangri-La, which is all about that. their studio. So I'm assuming that you'll probably record in that studio at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you're sitting there having dinner with Rick Rubin, are you like, all right, this shit is getting like real like... Yeah, uh, man, we just, had, we just had like the best talk about just like life and, and everything and um, like probably that week I signed a publishing deal with him. So I was like still completely homeless and he was just like, let me help you out, man. So yeah, my life really changed that week. And then I continued, you know, I finally got an apartment. Uh, Rick helped me with all that. And then I just kept making music and putting music out. And then I ended up signing with Atlantic later that year. 
And do you work with Craig Cowman in Atlanta? Yeah, cool. yeah. Craig's the man. Craig is the man. Yeah. So, and you work with you know all these other artists too. And so you're we talked about it a little bit, but like so now your career path it's sort of it's concurrently producer and singer songwriter, right? You yeah. have a full length album coming out that yeah. you're working on now. Yeah, still finishing up. Yeah, yeah debut so w- album. What do you prefer, like the producing thing or the singer songwriter thing? I love it. I love it all, man. I would like to produce for other artists, and you know. I want I want to be like Rick when I grow up. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh I love I love performing. It's my favorite thing. I love touring. I love I love singing and, and playing guitar. So I, I think I want to keep doing both forever and keep producing my stuff and, and I don't produce all my stuff. I work a lot with a duo called the Futuristics and uh oh. um you know they they've been helping me a lot with my album and Travis Barker and uh well, let's talk about that, right? The other day you go to Vegas, you yeah. get to see Blink play. And they bring you on oh, that, stage, so, right? No, the other day was at the Forum. The that Forum, sorry, sorry. Why did I think Vegas? I but know. I had to open for Blink in Vegas okay. in, in November 2018. I was mixing the stories. Yeah. but So you go to the Forum, and you're literally, like, you get brought on stage. With yeah, guys. well, it all started November 16th and 17th, 2018. I opened for them at the last weekend of their residency at the Palms Casino in Vegas. And we should say, we well, said it before, but it was literally one of your favorite bands growing up. Oh, yeah, my favorite. Like, so you yeah. couldn't, was that, like, at to this day, was that also one of the pinnacles of your career, would you say? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I mean Travis like heard of me because I was such a big fan. Like I'm I'm like the biggest fan, you know. That's cool. So, um but not in a weird way, in the way like like they know like I just know it all. Like they're like at the show in LA, like what song you want to do? I'm like I could do anyone. I know all the words. <laughs> right. Like just tell me which one, you like, know. Just get off the stage. I'll do your song. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the set. <laughs> so he had DM me on Instagram and asked if I'd come open for them. So I went and opened the shows in Vegas and we became super close. They brought me out for the first time there to sing a song called Dumpweed which was the intro to uh, the album Enem of the State, which the tour they're on is like the 20th anniversary tour. Um, so we kept in touch and we kept working. And, um, you know, he's he's helped me out a lot with my album. And this is actually the first time you get the big premiere news. No one knows, but it's coming around the corner. So this fall, I have a song coming with Blink. Amazing. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. I heard it here What's first the song on, on Lip Service. I can't even say anything about it yet. But it's coming out. Yeah. I don't know what it's called yet, um, but it is coming very soon. And do you sing with them or like, how, what's, can you give away anything? <laughs> I don't know, but, <laughs> okay. but, but Goody Grace and Blink-182 <laughs> is a thing. That's a collab. That's awesome. Brother. Yeah. That's such and a that, cool And thing. that'll, yeah, I mean, that that's going to be the coolest thing of my life so far, but I did Adam's song with them yeah, at the forum and, and it was great. So I think that friendship is, you know, means so much to me and G and, and MGK. Now we've been working and, um, I'm you know, just, do you know Dom Youngblood too? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I love Dom. Shout out to Dom. Dom was my too. boy, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, so it's, yeah, I think I'm a generation I'm in the video for the song, the, uh, I think I'm okay. The oh, yeah, MGK yeah. Youngblood and Travis. You work with them too? Who's that? Did you work with Dom too? Like I've never worked with Dom on music, but, um, I'm in the video. Oh, that's cool. Just, just looking pretty, trying to. <laughs> that's funny because I, I was going to say, I feel like I'm like one generation before Blink-182, but I actually watched a Travis Barker, one of his drumming videos like yesterday somehow popped Insane. up somewhere and I'm like, this guy's a monster. Like you forget. I don't get it. Because there's, you know, there's been other stuff surrounding the band and whatever and he went through that horrible accident years ago. But mm-hmm. as a musician, I mean, man, he's like, the guy is a monster. Yeah. He's incredible. He's like the greatest drummer. I don't yeah. even know how he does it. I watched this video. I've never <laughs> seen it before. I'm like one-handed shit. They put like, the towel what? on his head. Yeah, the towel on his head. <laughs> What's going on here, man? Yeah. I don't even like, I watch that. I'm like, I'm just going to stop playing drums because when I see that, <laughs> I'm either super inspired or I just quit. You got to look up the other. videos of like on the tour right now. He goes in this like 
contraption that goes upside down and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Tommy wild. Lee did that too. That's that's definitely oh, yeah, something. Yep. I don't think I would ever do that. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the beat. But um, but man, so it's awesome. So this year ahead for you, a good you got. So let's talk about the Charlotte Lawrence yeah. stuff. Like, is there a collaboration with her? Is there? I know there's a tour with her, right? Yeah, I think there'll be a collab. Yeah, I really want to get her on my album. I've been friends with her for years, and her music's incredible. And uh, yeah, we. She was like, I've known her from way back from when I first came to LA. Just you know being young we're like the same age out here and um it was before she was even making music because she was like a model first i believe yeah, yeah i think so yeah and um yeah she's so talented i'm so proud of her and she asked me to come on the tour and uh i, I think it'll be a really cool fit so, so I hope, you guys are I hope, playing the fonda theater i believe right? yeah fonda in la webster hall in new york awesome you know the dates on that we should look it up just they're to out tell people. somewhere yeah, um, yeah check I mean, out the website goodygrace.com goodygrace.com uh you know that's on my Insta. Her Check Insta. out Goody, at Goody Grace, right? At we got to give we got to give all the plugs. We need to give all the plugs. Absolutely. Right? So we play LA. Uh, play New York the 18th of November. It's not loading, but yeah, the the, the dates are out there. It's on the Go website. Get yeah. Check out the website. And I hope we make some music. Yeah. That's awesome. So the full length record, like, what's the, what's the time of that? Do you think? Man, it was like. You're kind of always working on your first album because you never know when you're going to hit it. You know, I have I have enough music out to essentially have a debut album, but yeah. I just have singles and then one EP called Infinite that I put out last March um, that Two Shots was on. and um, So I feel like I've always been working towards whatever this debut album is, but I really locked in at the top of this year with like the concept and knowing what it is. And, you know, it's like a concept album. Um, what is the concept? It's it's really just about like my life from my hometown in into my life now and everything in between and and the, my perspective on stuff and just a real like day and night flip like I grew up in a trailer park in in Manitoba in the snow and you know now came to this and touring and everything in between and dropping out of school and so I just like I had a lot of stuff I wanted to say that I was like needs to be set on my debut album musically and lyrically and the people that are on it and you know it's awesome well for your first record to be a concept album is definitely bold right because yeah. it's not you know queen and all these bands that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff but that's awesome to, to do that so that's really exciting it's funny now even if you look at the perspective goody of how artists make it right because mm -hmm. i talked about this even with cardi b the other day cardi had an incredible amount of success before ever putting out a full-length right. record so i think the path to making it now is different, and I don't know. I'd love to get your take on it. I mean, clearly you could just, and I maybe G. I don't even know, but I mm -hmm. feel like people can do what you're doing, right? They can put out singles, they can get traction on videos, and before you know it, you have a good amount of success. Without it used to be, you had to just put out a record, right? right. You couldn't put out just like random singles. Yeah, so. because it was harder to just drop a single, and yeah, you know, now, now it's so easy. Out. Yeah, but I still really like albums, and I think a lot of people do, and good albums still come back around, and. um you know, Billie Eilish or Khalid or, there's a, you know, my friend Bozzy. Like, there, there's a lot of people dropping real good projects right now. Definitely, and it's a good time for dark pop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I just think it's necessary, and, and I love dropping singles, and I'm always going to drop spontaneous music here and there, but it's been really fun for me to dive in, and I kind of treated my album like a book or a movie. Like, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and um, getting the, you know, people involved in it. I worked with Mr. Hudson on production on a song, and... Um, you know, Travis Barker and 
And then I have some really cool features that I'm gonna keep secret for now. But we got it. Well, the the one breaking <laughs> news is the Blink 182, so we can yeah. definitely take that out of this, which Absolutely. is awesome. So 2019, we still have a couple months left of the year here. What are you gearing up for? We know that you got the Charlotte Lawrence tour. Yeah, you're at the Fonda. You're at Webster Hall. Yep. You got the. I mean, realistically, let's say the album's gonna drop maybe end of this year, beginning of next year, right? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And anything else that you're super excited about? Yeah, I mean, wasting time's out now. Um, that I hadn't put out music this year yet. I'd just been quiet, making sure my album became what it needed to be. And I just wanted to kind of take this time to buckle down and lock away and make everything and be ready to, you know, roll it all out to the public in the proper way. So Wasting Time is really the first song of this new chapter of my life. Um, so like, everyone check that song out. Wasting. Yeah, please. It's uh, out everywhere. There's a music video, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Awesome. Um, Any, if you were like a kid, Goody, like getting into this business now, and you were whatever it may be, eight or ten or twelve, yeah. And you kind of, someone came up to you at that age, which I'm sure they probably do now when you're on tour. Mm -hmm. Do you have advice for kids like that that want to follow your path? Because it's it's inspiring to hear. You know, you grew up in a trailer park. You were mm -hmm. homeless. You probably weren't even making any money, like you mentioned, no. up until a couple of years ago, right? And yeah. even now, the money you can make in music, it's like you got to do it for the love of it, right? Of course. It's harder and harder in music. When you hit it, you can hit it really big, but it's a different era, right? People yeah. make music, they have to for the love of it because it's not what it used to be unless you really are super lucky, right? So, you know, what advice would you give to kids like that that are starting out and want to kind of emulate your path and your, you know, your right. success trail that you're doing? Yeah, I think you just have to study and, and, and be a student of the game and, and the past. And as much as stuff changes and it's the internet age, like you got to go back and, and, uh, and just learn. You have to become a nerd and like dedicate yourself. And there was really nothing I ever cared about more. Even if I care about learning about other people's music as much as my own music. And I just really like live and die and breathe it. And that's all I've ever cared about. So I feel like you just have to dedicate yourself 100%. And you can't be like half in, half out, you know. Yeah, because, so go back and study Mike Camero, man. Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, and go to Tom Waits. And, and Johnny yeah, Cash. Right? Just to know, man. It's like... <laughs> I, I've just always been like, if I'm trying to be the next one of those, I got to learn exactly what they did and where they went wrong and where they did right. And I think now that with the internet, you can look up anyone's story or any story. You could even look up just the history of like software to make music. And, and you can look up how to EQ music on YouTube and you can learn how to engineer and produce yourself and everything, you know. Man, what a powerful version of Johnny Cash's Nine Inch Nails, right? Oh, um, yeah, her. That, that, that was uh, Rick. That Rick did, right? Yeah. Man, what a, I get chills when I listen to that version. Incredible. I, know. I love Nine Inch Nails. but me that's too, such man. a that's one of Rick's highlights, me for sure. But hey, man, it was, it was great. I'm excited to to you know be on this path and journey for you. I think man, you're thank awesome. Thank you for man. jumping and, uh, on board. Absolutely. Yeah, and everyone go check out all things Goody Gray. So check out the video. Check yeah. it out on Spotify. Definitely check out also, I guess like for one last time, at Goody Grace, you got a Facebook page, you got an mm -hmm. Instagram page, you Everything. got a website. Goody Grace everywhere. G-O-O-D-Y Grace. There could be like a MySpace page. Or it something. might be a MySpace. <laughs> I'm not sure. There's something everywhere. And <laughs> check out the shows, right? So check out yeah, the Fonda Theater. Yeah, Definitely. And, uh, and definitely, definitely pick up the album when it comes out. Yeah. Goody is all things cool and you guys should check them out ASAP. And watch out for Goody X Blink-182 coming. Oh yeah. Exclusive. Yep. You heard it here first. All right. Thanks guys. See you next week. This is Lips LA. Hi, I'm Jingle Jared. In my former occupation, I was the biggest jingle writer of all time. 
Now, I'm looking for a new job, speaking to every entrepreneur that I can find so I can find out what it's like to transition from one career to another. All of this expert advice has become the bedrock for a podcast I'm calling Occupational Therapy. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there. Hey, Dennis Quaid is here. That's right. And guess what? I have a podcast. It's called The Denissance, and I think you should listen. I'm having some really cool conversations with some really interesting people like music legend Billy Ray Cyrus, housewife of Beverly Hills, Garcelle Bouvet, and many, many more. Listen to The Denissance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ooh, yeah. 